hello, I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, here's an interesting <coughs> news bit. A good friend of mine, John Petrolino, wrote an, an article. It's entitled, Bill Introduced to Require Dealers to Include Suicide Hotline Information. And so I'm a big fan of John and everything he writes. And this is really interesting that he's pointing this out. And uh, what he brings to our attention here is that there's a new bill that's filed. It's H.R. 5436 called the Gun Suicide Prevention Act. Now, let me just take a step back for one moment and tell you, you know, suicide is a serious and real problem. I'm not in any way saying it isn't. And if anyone needs help, they need to go and get help. It's not about that. But what I do want to talk about is how I see the issue of suicide and the the technique that the anti-gunners use all the time to take something that we all believe in and are serious about and any rational person is in favor of trying to do something about it and then turn it into an anti-gun push. Yet another cut in their death of a thousand cuts that they want to do to our Second Amendment rights and to us. So, of course, on its face, it appears incredibly well-intentioned, and how could anyone be against it? But once you realize that there are consequences and ramifications that are never brought to the surface by these people, then you start to see exactly what was behind their plan and why they do it. So you can see there are many topics that are very sympathetic. Like, who's in favor of domestic violence? I don't think anybody should be able to abuse and harm another person. I completely understand that. Yet they structure the domestic violence laws in such a way that we ended up having anybody with a domestic violence restraining order making a restraining order a federal firearm prohibitor. Now, think about that. Originally, it was just convicted felons. It's after a jury trial, and it's a serious offense. And then down this slippery slope to domestic violence misdemeanors. Now a misdemeanor becomes a firearm disqualifier. And then still falling down that slope, a restraining order becomes a firearm disqualifier. A civil action done in a summary manner, no jury trial, nothing. And you now are a federally prohibited person, and they and they put it all into the package of something that we can all believe in, and that is trying to stop domestic violence. But you see, it ends up impacting dramatically on gun rights. And suicide is, again, in that same playbook. If someone is suicidal, I want them to get the help they need. I'm sure you do, too. And it affects so many. And I think everybody has somebody in their life that's been touched by a suicide. And and, and it's a really important issue about that. But now, this bill is proposing to put on every gun box for every gun sold in America the suicide hotline. That's right. So here's from the news release. I'll just read it to you. Today, 
Congresswoman Julia Brownlee announced the introduction of the Gun Suicide Prevention Act to address the prevalence of suicides by firearms, particularly among veterans. This bill would require fire manufacturers and realtors to include labels that provide the number of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And there you go. Every gun box is going to have suicide prevention hotline on it. Well, I'll tell you what. Why are we stopping there? I mean, I think every piece of rope sold in America should have the suicide hotline tag on it. Every electrical cord sold in America needs to have the suicide hotline tag on it. Every razor blade sold must have the suicide hotline number right on it. I mean, about every pill bottle must have the suicide hotline. Every car and exhaust mechanism in every car needs to have the suicide hotline. Every plastic bag that you could put over your head has to have the suicide hotline. Every knife, think about it. every bridge, every tall building, every every social media website where you might get depressed looking at, or, or an, every aggregate news site, or every television set has to have suicide hotline because who watches that and doesn't feel upset? Every, everywhere. Everywhere, because there's only an uncountable number of ways that one can kill themselves, so we better put that suicide hotline everywhere. Oh, why, why, is, why wouldn't we do that? Hmm. Because here they're taking a focus and linking and making a statement to make it appear that the primary use of a firearm is for suicide. And, you know, interestingly, uh, among suicides, the preferred method of suicide amongst women is pills, actually. And and the fact is, uh, this is really a little more, has a little more implications than even what it appears on its face. Not only is it a slam against guns under this, you know, issue that we all care about you know we care about suicide but this is positioned of course as you can see to just equate guns and suicide all the time on every gun ever sold and we've seen suicide used by the anti-gunners particularly to argue for gun control in states that have low murder rates because many states that have very low murder rates, they can't sell gun control in terms of stopping homicide. So they say, hey, look, it's about stopping suicide, you see. And then they had the whole thing, the means matter. You know, that's their approach. You know, means matter. How you kill yourself is what matters. Not that you want to kill yourself, but how you kill yourself. You know, means matter. So blame the gun. And this is, again, part of their strategy. They even try to get dealers into this fold so they can give out this information and perpetuate uh, 
that guns cause suicide, right? And as you all know, I mean, suicide is not because of guns. Suicide is much deeper and important mental health reasons that are there for this. And those things need to be addressed. Those people need to have help. No question about that. But this linkage guns to suicide is is really uh, abusive. And then, and then, there are ramifications, you see. Ramifications that I can show you in law. Because when you call, you know, you should find out what, what happens if I call this National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Well, I'll tell you, you can look right online and read it. What happens is when you call them, you're sent to local crisis center. They have like these local centers all over the country. Now your call's sent there. So now the locals can, of course, reach out to local authorities very easily. And this is where you can face the police intervention. Now they say, hey, look, a small percentage end up in interventions, only a small percentage. And, and I'm sure the prevention hotline itself, um, you know, is, is, is well intended, well intended, not saying it isn't, but you know what they say about, you know, good intentions, right? But here's the kicker. You see, New Jersey passed a law that's called the duty to warn law, what I call healthcare confiscation law. And this law, which is mirrored in other places and promoted in conjunction at times as it was in Jersey with so-called red flag, what it does is it mandates, mandates that health professionals, and this is psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, nurses, therapists, they shall, they're required to report a person if they believe that this person has uh, indicated any intent to harm themselves or others, and they have to call the police. Otherwise, their licensure and their professional qualifications are in jeopardy if they fail to. And I've experienced in New Jersey clients that have been absolutely slammed with this being sprung upon them. I had one case fairly recently where this person had contacted a, a state senator to assist in helping to get unemployment benefits that had not been paid for 15 months. And the person, after 15 months of this, became so utterly frustrated with lack of progress, actually said hyperbolically, you know, what do I have to do, hang myself to get my, my money? You know, just an expression, a hyperbolic expression. Well, that's all it took because that office contacted the health professionals. They came to the person's house, said senator's office said that this was done, and lo and behold, their person is dragged off to be evaluated mentally, held for two days, and in the process, guns are seized on health care, duty to warn, and a turpo red flag filed, and the person... Medically, guess what? No problem whatsoever. No, no, no treatment needed. No drugs needed. No problem. Didn't matter. Said this statement. That's what led to it. But released with absolutely no issues. And we still had to fight in the system to get her gun rights back 
and to get her guns back. And this came from just saying something like that. Let me warn all of you, never never say, you know, uh, to anyone for that matter, man, you know, I'm I'm so upset I could kill myself or whatever, or hang my never say that. Never say, you know, I'm so mad I could I could kill that guy or I'm so, you know, upset about it. You know, this is it. You you make any kind of statement like that. And essentially, it is the equivalent of making a bomb joke at the airport. Okay, you can't do that. And these hyperbolic statements, I've had plenty of cases where the hyperbolic statement, I'm going to kill that person or I'm going to kill myself, ends up becoming a basis for firearm seizure, loss of gun rights, your, your house being searched, firearm seized, and then having to battle to regain Second Amendment rights. And the laws are in place that make this happen, particularly in places like New Jersey. Let me just tell you, New Jersey's red flag law, you think, well, thank God I don't live in New Jersey. And in a way, that's absolutely true if you don't live in New Jersey. But by the way, um, you know, President <clears throat> Brandon, as he's now being called, uh, he said that he wants these model red flag laws for the country. Oh, guess what state he's saying is illustrative of the model gun laws. That's right, New Jersey's. New Jersey's laws, which just defy and deny due process and uh, do the damage before there's any due process. Take away your guns, take away your license, raid your home, all these things take place before you've even had one chance to say anything to a judge at all about your case. So this is the modern times for gun owners, where you've got to be aware of these things, these pitfalls, these traps. Again, if you're suicidal and you need help, please get help. But you need to also understand here the ramifications of these acts. And when you take certain steps, and uh, uh, you may face these other consequences. You have to make that decision that's best for you, and again, not demeaning or putting down or anything about suicide because it's serious, and we all want to do our part to, to see that no individual takes their own life because you know the old saying about suicide being a long-term solution to a short-term problem, and it is true and many people that have been brought back from the edge are thankful that they have been and uh, that's all good stuff but its impact and its use by the anti-gun forces cannot be ignored and not to talk about it does a disservice and i know that you my my listeners want to hear the truth and want to hear realities about these things and that's my purpose in talking about these things today hey when we get back got to talk about this ridiculous hunting ammunition shortage. Oh, man. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. 
an unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey folks, glad that uh, you're still hanging in there listening to Gun Lawyer, and I really appreciate that you do because, uh, you know, it's tougher and tougher to get our word out, get our message out there, pounding me with algorithms and shadow bans and all kinds of stuff when you want to talk about these things. Remember the old First Amendment? Well, you know, the mainstream media seems to have forgotten about that and our social media sure has so this is a great way to hear things you wouldn't normally hear about and hear it from someone who's in the field in the trenches dealing with it every day and the real impact on real people and uh, so please subscribe anywhere you can get a podcast you'll find gun lawyer whether it's uh you know on uh uh, iHeart or CBS Radio or you name it, Audible, I'm there. Subscribe and stay tuned as we give you important information that can protect your Second Amendment rights. So here, we're in a situation right now where there's an incredible shortage of hunting ammunition. Now, you know, we went through the drought on ammo a number of times. Uh, I remember the shortage of twenty two rimfire. That was quite a period. He couldn't get any of that. And then after the uh, the uh, scamdemic hit, then lo and behold, what do we see? Uh, shortages across the board of all kinds of defensive calibers, 9 millimeter, etc. And ammo became very hard to get and still is incredibly pricey. And if you can find it. And that's, of course, because it was a dramatic, absolutely dramatic increase in firearm purchasers and first-time purchasers, etc., record record numbers of uh, new gun buyers. America's never seen anything like it. As firearms flew off the shelf, and people are buying and buying, and Nick's checks hitting record numbers. And of course, folks like that they want to buy ammo. All the gun owners want ammo, and it became more and more difficult to get it. And now you combine the supply shortages, the supply chain shortages, the manufacturing shortages, the staff shortages. They can't get employees, the ability to distribute. All these things, inflation as well, 
all these things that have been brought in and put upon us since uh, President Trump left office, and we've been dealing with it, and I'm sure you've experienced many of these things. Well, it's, it's affected very seriously the ammunition market. So today, here we are. If you want to buy hunting ammo, it's basically impossible to get 20-gauge you know, slugs, 12-gauge slugs, particularly Sabo slugs. You know, Forget it. Uh, trying to get 30-30 ammo is like an impossibility. 306, 308, 270. All the hunting calibers, the ammo is dried up. If you find some, just talking to a dealer friend of mine, price per box, talking a box of 20, not a box of 50, right? 20, 3006 hunting ammo, over $50 a box for your classic 3006 deer hunting ammunition. And that's if you can get it. So we're really being hit hard on this, and it is uh, troubling because, you know, a lot of our great makers, you know, have gone through all kinds of turmoil, you know, Remington particularly, right? And even though they're supposedly back in business, but we still don't see the product and trying to meet that demand with all these things working against them and more people than ever wanting and more people actually wanting to hunt now during this uh these troubling times very difficult situation and it isn't just um hunting ammo also getting powders getting primers is impossible trying to get 209 primers for your inline muzzle loaders good luck not out there and speaking of muzzle loaders it's basically impossible to buy black powder now because GoX uh, quit making it and went out of business. The powders that are out there, some are imported, but it's not filling the gap. And so if you want, you're a muzzle loader, you use black powder or reenactor or anyone enjoying muzzle loading and black powder shooting, you won't be able to find black powder anymore. It's gone. Now, hopefully, we'll see it come back at some point, but it is basically unobtainium at the moment. And uh, it makes you wonder if it doesn't come back, if these things stay gone, if these things really, if situation gets even worse and worse, I mean, we may have to fall back to making our own black powder. I mean, uh, you know, I hope not, and uh, I'm not recommending that anyone make their own black powder but if you want to have the information on how to make your own black powder that is out there again not recommending or saying you should but just having the information handy isn't such a bad idea i guess and you can see there's actually some interesting books on it one of the i think better books on it is um what are called the black books the black books are actually reprints of the united states government printing and publishing by the Frankfurt Arsenal of how to improvise weapons. And in it, they have quite an explanation on how to make homemade black powder. And you can find these books online. Probably the best is a company called, and I have no interest in this company whatsoever, I'm just pointing it out, Delta Press. 
If you go to Delta Press, they have the three-volume set of the Black Books, which are a reprint of the Frankfurt Arsenal government publications. And they have all kinds of interesting things in those books uh, that I'm sure you'll find fascinating. And one of them is, of course, on black powder. And, you know, in the, our founding fathers, you know, had to, at times even make their own black powder. And uh, it's something that has been done by man for a very long time. So a lot of the folks look at these uh, books and they're like, uh, Hey, maybe I should have a set, you know, for when the uh, shaving cream hits the fan. And uh, that's not a bad idea. Uh, knowledge is important and can be a key to survival. So this is the times that we live in. We got shortages, and it's unbelievable thinking that this is America. I mean, if you've been to the stores and you see how empty these shelves are, how all the products that we took for granted are gone or in such limited quantity and such sporadic uh, appearances of them, everything from our cars all the way down to buying good old toilet paper again. So here we go. And they're blaming all kinds of things for it. You know, they're blaming all kinds of things, but it is affecting the Second Amendment. It's affecting our gun rights. You know, it's hard to exercise your gun rights when you don't have ammunition. And some people speculate that maybe it's all part of the plan. I don't know whether that's true or not. I sure hope it's not. But ammunition, you know, makes the guns go. Without the ammo, well, you got some pretty and very pleasantly made and things you can appreciate out of steel but they're not going to do much for you beyond that without ammo. So ammo is critical, and right now it is very hard to find, and I would highly recommend that if you have ammunition, uh, consider yourself lucky. And I wouldn't be uh, blasting a lot of it uh, willy-nilly at the target range these days, as much as I love target shooting beware. Uh, and if there's ammunition that you need and you can find it and you see it, I'd highly recommend just buying it. You know, back even with the nine millimeter, my friend, the dealer who has quite a great relationship with his supplier is telling me that nine millimeter, his, his wholesale price on nine is $18 a box. That's wholesale. So, you know, this is prices, even when it, you can get it, are just incredibly expensive. And if you're a new gun owner and you missed the boat prior in owning guns and socking away ammo, I do feel for you. But uh, do your best to get something that'll shoot. This is uh, difficult times for us. So hopefully when this when the American manufacturing muscle is exercised and we get back to being what we all remember about living in this great capitalist country, we'll be able to stock our ammo boxes back up and uh, really enjoy getting out and target shooting and hunting again. But till then, this is Evan Knappen reminding you 
that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.